0: well, then you will be rejoicing every day. I um, just pray that each one of us will uh, come to that point in our lives. <coughs> one of the uh, most destroying and um, destructive, I think, sins that we have to deal with in our lives and in our culture today is pride. Pride. Um, it's probably a subject that is uh, ignored a bit. Um, when I was first asked to speak about three weeks, uh, three months ago, uh, this subject was on my mind, and uh, I knew I had to to think and deal with some issues of pride, my own self. And so you've just got to uh, um, enjoy uh, what I've experienced. I suppose you've got to put up with the thoughts that I've had. Um, uh, a, a regular preacher can't do this, but uh, when you preach once on an occasion, you need to uh, um, spend a lot of time thinking about the things that uh, you're going to speak on. And so this very subject has been on my heart and mind for some time. You know, uh, the older you get, the easier to remember the things of when you were a kid. And, uh, you know... I can't remember things that happened this week but I can remember what happened when I was probably about four and I can remember singing a song or my mum probably teaching me this little song and it was uh, Look them out, get them gone All the little bunnies in the field of corn Anyone ever heard that before? It was probably a long time ago i better read just the, the next part uh, all the little bunnies in the field of corn envy, jealousy, malice and pride they must never in my heart abide you know I think that I generally as a little kid heard those first words all the little bunnies and I'd, my mind would go off you know I love bunnies I wish I had a pet bunny you know a little black bunny or something and uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't think about the rest of that verse that chorus but uh, it was some pretty important truths there envy, jealousy, jealousy Malice and pride, they must never in my heart abide. They uh, are all so much hidden, I think, those issues, but they have a huge influence on our character and, and our life and the way we respond, the things that we do, the way we even operate in our church comes back to some of those crucial things. Pride appears when we begin to think we're independent of God, that we think that we're big enough uh, to do what we want to of ourselves. And pride comes when we forget who God is um, and who we really are. Now, I want to turn back to Daniel and, and just uh, have a, a little bit of a quick look at what took place in Daniel's life and just pick out those couple of points. Um, and that's not actually in Daniel, is it? It's in Belshazzar. Um, and he was the son of Nebuchadnezzar, as we, as we read there, and he should have learned a lot of lessons about his dad. And um, um, it says there in verse 22, But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was disposed, deposed from his throne. And stripped of his glory. you see, while Nebuchadnezzar leaned on God, he was OK. But once he became arrogant and pride, uh, proud, then he was no good, become conceited. and uh, um, he was stripped of his glory, and he was driven away from among the people. And you remember how he was, ended up out in the, out in the fields. And uh, he ate grass like an animal until, in verse um, uh, 21, I think there, uh, it says, until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign. Now, um, that is very important, that we understand that God does hold the reins and especially in leadership, that we, we remember that God... Holds the reins. God is all powerful. But then uh, Daniel goes on to warn Belshazzar. But you, his son, O Belshazzar, have not humbled yourself. You know he had opportunity to learn from his dad. He saw what his dad went through. But you know, so often we don't learn from the generation before us. We often think we're smart, but often we're not very smart as uh, people in this civilization. We don't seem to learn from the generation before us. We so often need to go through terrible experiences ourselves to learn. And that's sad. There is a way to gain God's wisdom and that's by reading his word and to abide in him. But so often we don't learn easy. So in verse 22 he says, uh, Daniel says, instead you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven and and they've taken the goblets and things from the temple and used them for their own uh, celebrations. And um, that wasn't the way it was meant to be, and they knew it. But you did not honour God, who holds in his hand your life, in verse 23. And that's true for us too. God holds in his hand our life. He directs our ways. And you know, so often, as you look back through the years... And I'm, I'm sure your older ones would experience this uh, so much so too, that as you look back, you can see that God has been at work in your life. Sometimes you think things are out of control, and you, you know, you don't really think that God is involved in your life. You know, you've been doing the right thing, but things have gone wrong, or things have changed, or something's happened. But God is in control when we're His children, and we need to trust him. So God, who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore he sent this uh, this hand to warn, or really to tell Belshazzar that the end was nigh. So Belshazzar was very slow um, and he hadn't humbled himself. I want to just uh, turn back to, to Chronicles and I'll, I'm not going to Spend much time there, but it's another example of uh, of same sort of setup that uh, a king. Uh, let me go back to two Chronicles chapter twenty six, and I'll just read a, a couple of little bits there. This is this young king Uzziah. He was uh, put on the throne at um, tw- at sixteen, and um, at he went on to, uh, to, to uh, be a good king for a period of time. And it says, and I just sort of I want to pick these little points out for you here. In verse 6, verse 5, sorry. He sought God during his days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. There's a big clue there for you and I. As long as we seek the Lord, um, we must acknowledge God in our life. We must seek him first and then he will add those things that we need to us. And just let me go on into verse 16. It says, but after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led him, led him to his downfall." He was unfaithful to the Lord and he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now, if you remember much of what happened in the Old Testament, not anyone went in to burn incense. It was only the priests who had been identified that were allowed and meant to do that. And it goes on there to say how Azariah, a priest, a courageous man, took 80 men and they confronted Uzziah and um, it uh, goes on there to say that uh, for you have been unfaithful and you will not be honoured by the Lord God. Now, uh, I'm trying to point out to you that the problem that that came into his life was the fact that he became proud and, as I read in verse 16, after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led him to his downfall. There's a lot of things that can take place in our lives that can lead us to pride and cause us real problems. Now, you might say, now, if pride is such an important thing, how come it's sort of... it's not? You know, one of the Ten Commandments. Well, the crux to the whole thing is: is when we don't depend on God, that's where our problems come from. When we don't lean on God, when we think we're big enough in our own boots, etc., that we can do what we want to, and um, we'll get away with it. At the beginning of the Ten Commandments, God points out. I've brought you out of the land of Israel. You're my people, you see? He points out to them who they are. They're his children. They're nothing. If it wasn't for him bringing them out of, the, out, of Israel, out of Egypt, they'd be nothing. And see, so he's right from the start, um, he, um, the children of Israel are being told in the Ten Commandments, right from the start, you're dependent on me. That's why you are to follow these Ten, ten Commandments. You belong to me. You're my people. And uh, that's where you belong. Now, it's exactly the same for you and I as Christians. When we understand that we are bought with a price, we weren't just created, but we've been also saved. God has bought us with a price, the price of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are his, and we have no place for pride. There is no place Because he has brought us, he has created us, he has given us his Holy Spirit for power and strength and comfort, and we just wouldn't exist as Christians without him. He made us, he saved us, he empowered us with his um, presence. I want to just turn back now to to our New Testament reading, which... It came from First Corinthians, which I've now lost, chapter one, and uh, and just this really helps us to understand um, where our pride, where our uh, our glory must go to. First Corinthians, chapter one, and uh, so. If we've got any pride, if we've got any boasting, if we've got any glorying, God says, glory in Christ. It's him that saved us. You see, we'd be nothing without him. Without our salvation, we're not his children. We've got no hope for the eternity. We're nothing. You know, I mean, we can do lots of things in our lives, but we're really nothing. We're useless unless we've uh, got an eternal salvation that, that Christ has given us. So that's why we put so much weight on our salvation, and so because of this, we have no place for pride. You see, in First Corinthians, here he's pointing out. There's not many of you who are noble. Were called, you know. Um, so often, if we want to sort of bring someone to the Lord, we'll think of someone who's uh, very well educated, or you know, a leader in the community, or something like that. Um, someone that we think would be very handy to God, but it's not like that. God so often calls those who aren't anything that he might be honoured in, in his way. Secondly, they won't be so often available to God because they're not humble enough. So God calls the, uh, those who are um, of, of little status so often that he might bring them to himself. Where does does all this fit when the rubber hits the road? You know, what types of things um, are you proud of? What types of things do you give yourself the honour and glory instead of God? And that's a question that you've got to ask for yourself because you've got to answer for yourself. And I don't know your heart, God does, but the things that we become proud in can be real hindrances in our heart. Perhaps as an example, we can become proud of our kids, our youngsters as older people. You know, we can become proud of them. And if we're proud of them because they're Christian kids, well, who was it that saved them? Was it you or was it when God put his hand on their life? No one comes to him, to the Father. No one comes to God except in God deals with that individual. You and I must remember that. And so you might say, well, I've, I've brought my kids up good. Well, that's good. That's perhaps quite a help sometimes, or well, should be a help. But if God doesn't place his hand on their lives, they'll be nothing. And then more important than even of that, in a sense, is the fact that, OK, without Christ, they can't be saved anyway. So you can teach them all the good rules and all the good things to do, but that's, that's not going to save them. It's only Christ that saves. And so, yes, it is good to, uh, to educate and, uh, our kids well in, in the things of the Lord. But uh, just don't get proud because it is actually God that touches our kids' hearts and it's actually Jesus Christ that has actually saved them. So, you know, we, we haven't even got room for, to be proud of our kids you know, what about proud of our position? Perhaps I'm a minister, which I'm not. Um, can I be proud of my position? Well, no, because as a Christian, God um, blesses us with talents and gifts and it's him that should receive the honour and glory. Without his blessing, we are nothing. Yeah, well, perhaps we could be proud of our car or something like that and... Uh, you know, you just got to remember that it's only God's blessing in our lives that, uh, that we can have these things. And sometimes perhaps we spend more emphasis, more money on some of those things than we should. And perhaps we uh, have no room for pride uh, because of that either. So pride is not confined to the rich and the famous. Um, I think you'll, if you look into the Into the lives of those around you, you will soon see that uh, you don't have to be uh, someone to be proud. Even people that are of uh, very humble or downcast position can be too proud to come to God, too proud to submit to God and to kneel at the foot of the cross. It's not just the people that are uppish that are proud. Well, uh, the answer really is to be aware of the important things in life. You see, we can sort of uh, put big emphasis on a lot of these things uh, that we have and we look at, but they pass away. And the things that are important are the things that are eternal. And, and of course, where those uh, eternal issues stem from. It is all from God, of course. Um, and so the last verse or so there in First Corinthians um, encourages us, if we're going to be proud, if we're going to boast about anything, boast about our great God and what he has done. That's who we should boast about. You see, I guess that's witnessing, isn't it? Speaking out not about how good we are, how long we've been a Christian or something like that, but we should boast about what our great God has provided, what he has done. We should boast about the salvation that he has provided. May God strengthen us in our thinking to examine our lives and to consider the things that um, could be of pride and to, that we might grow to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ, to live, to honour him, to glorify him in the things that we do day by day. Amen.